Our desire is that you would be the one who be manifest even as they share of their experiences, even if it might be geographical. Lord, even not only your glory be manifest, but Lord, may your word, your scripture, may it be open to us. Lord, we do commit this time into your hands. May you speak to us through the sharing of brothers and sisters. We pray this in Jesus' name. So as we mentioned before, there were several who went on a trip to Egypt and Israel. What was quite special about this trip was a big majority of those who attended, I'd say a, a big portion of it, were young people. And young people, uh, anywhere from junior high, high school, college, college career, uh, it was just a very wonderful sight to see all these young ones being bonded together on this trip. So be wonderful to hear them share. We like to just remind you that the same thing, we like to keep it to five minutes if possible, uh, plus translation, which would be ten minutes total. I've talked to many uh, of you and I know that many of the young ones are ready to share today. We will start out actually with uh, some of the brothers and sisters prepared a video for us to see an overview of the trip. So we will play that video and then to kick things off we're going to ask Kevin to kick things off for us to share. He's very anxious to do so.
Kevin. So I know Ezra, who is very kind, as many of you guys know. He told me in Egypt. He told me in Egypt, hey, you better have something to share because I'm going to pick on you first. And so when I asked him if he's going to share, his response was, that's a one good thing about being the facilitator. But anyways, um, just wanted to take this time to thank the Lord for um, you know the last two weeks being able to be in Egypt and Israel. So there was a trip in 2019, and um, at that time I kind of pushed it off, but I'm really thankful that this year I was able to go. And then on this trip, um, it was very hot. <laughs> like triple digits high. And so when I found out that I was going to share, I started jotting down notes on my phone. Now there there were a lot of like sites that we saw a lot of it was two weeks of waking up at six and leaving the hotel at seven thirty and go go go. So uh, I won't take too much time, hopefully. Um, I probably won't go into more of the geographical stuff, I'm sure. Some of the other young people um, will talk about those. Right. Um, so we started our study tour in Egypt. Made our way down to Sinai where the Israelites were. Uh, it was literally all desert. Uh, and we know that the Bible tells us that you know they spent 40 years in the desert grumbling, blah blah blah. Many of us, myself included, could not stand outside for 40 minutes to even listen to a message. Uh, and so I was also like the Israelites grumbling, waiting to go back to the bus. Uh, and then additional context, uh, in Egypt, we were also advised not to drink the water because um, the tap water is just there's our bodies are not made to consume that and so yeah. uh, and so what that meant was no fruits, no salads, and limited water in the form of bottles uh, for a whole week uh, many of us also got sick because, you know, the food there, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, myself included, I was on the toilet for a while um, from eating the sliced fruits, which we were advised not to eat, but um, 
some said the Egyptian watermelon was one of the best, and so uh, <laughs> that was still up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, 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 uh, well, yeah, see, in the Chile, I see the then we made our way down and up around the Red Sea and into Israel. And I remember when we landed, uh, sorry, when we arrived at the hotel that we were staying at the first night. Uh, right when we went to enter the hotel, you know, they had the staff take our luggage and all that, and then we were all invited into this one room that was prepared just for us. In that room was a boatload of fruits and just dessert and water. <laughs> it wasn't long after that I had the incident with the Egyptian watermelon. <laughs> and so I was still hesitant on eating fruit. Um, and then basically, long story short, plenty of the IEs over there, they were like, oh, it's safe to eat, you know, it's Israel, blah, blah. And so. And so, me and a few of my friends that when we arrived, we rushed to that boat load of fruits. It's like a kid running to a candy store. Yeah, so, you know, there's grapefruit, there's watermelon, cantaloupe, you name it. Um, there was also mangoes, but the Chinese eyes got to it first. Anyways, I share all of this because it really see, it really felt like we were being led into the land of milk and honey, like the Israelites. And so that's kind of point number one. And then another point that I wanted to share about was Friday afternoon um, of the first week. We had an open sharing. Um, uh, and so that sharing was because some of us were staying in Egypt uh, just for Egypt and others were leaving for you know Israel for the next week and so we decided to host this um, open sharing in the afternoon uh, again, lucky for me, I had the privilege and honor of sitting next to Ezra. And also keep in mind, this was also the same day that we climbed Mount Sinai. And so in order to climb Mount Sinai, you have to be on the bus because the bus is leaving at 1 a.m. Friday morning. Uh, so that means no sleep. 
And so basically, long story short, there was some dozing off um, across the room. Yeah. Um, but one sharing that really like, I, like stuck with me um, was the sister from Singapore. And so she was sharing about um, when she was growing up and how she was, uh, so she got into Cambridge at the time, but ended up not going uh, due, due to her not being able to get a scholarship. And then she also shared about how she went to um, she ended up going to a local university and then uh, she didn't even graduate top of her class um, and then later on basically the Lord led her to working at a bank. Um, and at the bank, she was uh, in the operations department. And during the entire time, she was wondering what is it that she's doing there. There are no skills or experiences that she was able to basically transfer to the next job. And so long at the end of it she came to a conclusion that, you know, the Lord was using that couple of years of her life to teach her humbleness and humility. And so just as the Lord when he entered, he entered on a donkey and when he um and onto Mount Zion, which we also learned was a was a low mountain, so it's not nothing that's like super big. And then to wrap that story up, she basically um after all of this she ended up doing really well for her and her career. And then after she finished sharing, Ezra taps me on the shoulder. The Lord is speaking to you. And so, and then after the open sharing, I, I went up to him to try to continue the conversation. I was trying to ask him, like, what do you mean by that? And he was like, it's very important, especially for young people nowadays, to, um, because they're always trying to figure out what's next in their careers or how they can make the, uh, you know, go from this to the next job or to make the most money. I promise everything will make sense soon. Yeah. Um, so basically, during the time, uh, remember the sister, she, the Lord was showing her that you know, she needed to learn humility and humbleness. And likewise, I think that was what the Lord is also using these last couple months of my life to, to teach me. So, 
so for some context, uh, I got laid off last December from consulting. And then in March of this year, uh, the Lord led me to a different role, um, a strategy and operations role within a health tech company. And pretty much within a month or not even two, many people who I talk to pretty frequently, they all know that I was like, I, I want to quit. That's all due to the nature of what the job really entailed, which was purely operations. And the way I like to describe it, a glorified customer service. And so during that time, um, I do admit I was too prideful of myself, given my previous work experience and skill set, to be doing this kind of work. And so I decided to just mass apply it elsewhere. And, you know, it's been a couple months of searching and we all know what the market is like. And so I say all this because, you know, I I felt exactly like that sister when she was sharing her experience. Like why why this job? This is, you know, beneath me. There's no like what am I gonna put on my resume for the next job? Like it was just yeah. And so it was months and months of applying and interviewing and you know, all of them kinda of went to a dead end. Uh, but I do thank the Lord that, you know, in His way and in His will, everything is perfect. And it wasn't until this trip that I was able to fully grasp that the Lord was also trying to teach me this humility and humbleness. That when we were standing on Mount of Olives and looking towards Jerusalem, that should have been us. To, 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 to die on, on the cross, like to die in general. But the Lord, He Himself came down and walked the way of the cross on our behalf. And that he didn't come to be served, but to serve. And he also calls us to lay down our lives for one another and to wash each other's feet. I don't know what exactly it is, but walking where the Lord walked and going through each and every step of his journey, everything about it spoke to being the Lord, being faithful to the Father, doing everything that pleased the Father. 
啊，他如何是是忠心的，他如何是呃信实的，他也是顺着父神的旨意。All without grumbling. 他都没有抱怨。And so as well as thinking about what to share, um, I came across, you know, the song kind of popped into my head. 啊，我在思想要分享什么的时候，我想到这首诗歌。Uh, many of us we we sang it many times during uh, bread breaking. Uh, it's meekness and majesty, and I just want, would just like to read some of the lyrics. Uh, meekness and majesty, manhood and deity. Uh, uh, in perfect harmony, the man who is God. Uh, Lord of eternity dwells in humanity. Kneels in humility and washes our feet. Oh, what a mystery, meekness and majesty. Oh, Bow down and worship, for this is your God. This is your God. Um, and so, wrapping things up, um, I don't know exactly what the Lord has next for me, whether it is to stay or provide a way out. Um, during the time, I had plenty of interviews as well. And so, like, you know, I think the Lord has the perfect will for me in every season um, that, that he has me in. So, uh, 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 and so, to, to share one last thing, um, and that is around our walk with the Lord. Uh, uh, I guess for myself, I'm just reminded that as we grow and decide to leave Egypt and into Israel, that as we enter the promised land, the Lord has prepared everything for us. And all that we have to do is partake in His goodness. And so I say this because I know we had a baptism earlier before the trip. Last week, sorry. And some younger brothers and sisters also got baptized in Jordan. And so basically what I'm trying to say is so, so for those who have been recently baptized I really, my hope and I'm sure the hope of all the older ones here is that you guys will also truly experience what it's like entering that promised land. Uh, and I'll never forget what it's like running to the boatload of troops. Thank you. Uh, good morning, brothers and sisters. My name is Ian. Um, very thankful to have an opportunity to attend the study tour. 
我非常高興有機會可以參加這次研習之旅 uh, I really had a lot of fun uh, Though the Egypt part was my worst experience Bathrooms after bathrooms were terrible huh? oh, oh, like like the medication then no effect or maybe I took like just too much. <laughs> but then um the Israel part was much better and I ate more and felt much better. So um I had something to share during the Israel part. So um a brother who was sharing went out a story of Caleb's daughter in Joshua 15. She was given the land of Negev, but also asked Caleb to give her the spring of water. So Caleb gave her the upper and lower springs. Um, the upper spring and lower spring can have spiritual meanings. The upper spring is all that we receive from the Father. The lower spring refers to the refreshment we get from our brothers and sisters. 然后这个下权可以代表就是我们跟弟兄姐妹的交通的复兴。Which acts as a restoration such like fellowship. 所以这就像是一个恢复的一个交通。But I'll share something short from um, the upper spring. 我想要稍微分享一下关于上权。So in the upper spring, God wants to give us um, the heavenly blessings. 所以在上权里头，神愿意把他的哦这个属灵的一些丰富给我们。This was said in Ephesians 1.3。哦，这个在以弗所书的第一章第三节说。I won't, I won't read it out. But um, with spiritual visions, we can perceive the heavenly blessings that surpass any worldly possessions. 所以啊，按着这个属灵的福，呃，祝福，呃，我们可以。我们可以看超越我们现有的眼见的事。As nothing can compare to God. So this upper spring can show that God is above all things. 所以这个上权呢，让我们看见神是高过一切。And that God gave it to us so we may have fellowship. 所以就神把这个赐给我们，叫我们能够有交通。I was reminded that we are not perfect. Although we have a heart for God, but sometimes it's just not what it comes first. Uh, Even though we are Christians and have the truth, but we still give up all for this world. Uh, um, we often put earthly matters as our priorities. Uh, woman, sorry. Like earthly matters are as our priorities, like earthly things. Uh, woman, 
although we go to many conferences and hear many messages, there's always something that God wants to speak with us. It is the willingness to run on this path that makes us continue the walk with God. Thank you. Uh, I did not prepare to, te- to share, but uh, I think I need to share. I think the Lord also moved me to share. Uh, since 2004, when I first attended the study tour, Somehow God opened up my appetite for reading the Bible. It seems like reading the Bible before is just the names and the places name it's very difficult to remember. But once you've been to those places physically, you feel very intimate and close to these places. Oh, so before this particular study tour, I know many of the children that I used to teach in the schools, uh, Sunday school. Uh, I know that they are attending this trip. And I know many of them, they're very naughty. 那當時呢,我們在教一二年級的兒童班的時候,是常用那個布的那種那種風景跟人物來跟他們講聖經的故事。So when they were in first or second grade, uh, we used to use these cloths, boards to illustrate these Bible places. 我就好希望小朋友能夠真的經歷到我看到的事。and I so wish that the children can experience what I saw and experienced. Uh, but somehow God allowed so many of these children to come to this trip. So I was so moved. So before we left, during the Tuesday prayer meeting, uh, so because I was with the Chinese prayer group, uh, our, uh, the, our numbers are fewer, so we have more time to share. Uh, so I mentioned the names of some of the children attending the trip, and we prayed for them. And so through the trip, I realized that God has accomplished more uh, much more than what I imagined or, or it seems like God had brought out this new generation of Caleb and Joshua's uh, even though brother Christian was not with us uh, but uh, those that are sharing the brothers they are a new generation brothers and so those that were with him and also his son, Brother Daniel. So I think that God through this trip, uh, he, 
He uses the young people to build up each other and to encourage one another. 那因为这次的这个旅行，我被特别邀请去拍摄一些东西。So because this trip, I was asked to do a particular documentary. 所以呢，我可以坐在每一部的大巴士里面。So I was able to ride in each of the buses. 我们有红色的巴士、蓝色的巴士、绿色的巴士。We have a red, a blue, and a green bus. 在我经历经历了每个巴士以后 ，So after experiencing each of the buses， 我可以见证主在做他自己的工。Oh, I can testify that God is doing His own work. 巴士的前半段都是主要服侍的人，大家静悄悄的。And the、uh, the first part, the the front part of the bus are the co-workers, and they are quite quiet. 巴士的后段半段全都是年轻人，他们又交通又说话又笑又唱歌。And the rear of each of the buses were the young people, and they were sharing, they were laughing, they were singing. 你们每个到了每个巴士都是后面都在那里嘻嘻哈哈，好开心。And、uh, in each bus, uh, the rear section, uh, they're all very happy and rejoicing. 所以虽然不是像以前跟陈弟兄出去旅游一样，陈弟兄一路在车上会讲个不停。And so, so it's a little unlike before when Brother Christian used to、uh, continue to talk、uh, on the bus rides. 但是我就看到神就是做这奇妙的工。Oh, but I see how God is doing this amazing work. 这些年轻人从各面各方来，他们就是彼此会认识。And these young people come from all over the world, and yet somehow they get to know each other. 甚至我知道有一个小姐妹，她是以前在我们儿童班的，后来她搬搬到了西岸，我都不知道，她也来参加这研习之旅。Oh,、uh, in fact, one of the young sisters, uh, she had moved, uh, to the west coast, and she was part of the trip. 然后在整个的过程中呢，我就有点想要特别关注那些没有妈妈跟的那些年轻人。Uh, so through the trip, I wanted to pay special attention to those that were not accompanied by their parents. 就我发现他们都很会照顾自己。And I realized that they could take care of themselves very well. 好像我的担心是多余的。Uh, it seems like my concern was Uh, was unnecessary. 我就觉得这真的是主就这次把新的一代带出来了。It seems to me that God has brought out this new generation. 这次我们旅行有一百五十二人。Uh, this uh, study tour we had 152 people. 有四十位是二十岁以下的。Uh, over 40 uh, is uh, under 20 years old. 其中有一些还是小学生。And some are even in elementary school. 他们都跟着这些年轻人跟得很好。And they follow these young people very well. 他们不需要爸爸妈妈一直跟着他们照顾他们。And they didn't need all the, the parents to be behind them all the time. 他们就是跟着这些年轻人，就是好像就学会了自己怎么照顾自己。Oh, it seems like they learned how to take care of themselves by following the example of the young people. 所以在这地方我要感谢主，因为他所，他真的是让我看见。Uh, so here, I really want to praise God because He answered my prayers. 而且我我也看见主所做的真的是超乎我们所求所想。And I see how the Lord has accomplished much more than what we、uh, imagine or pray. 尤其是我觉得，啊，小时候看到那几个皮的，让我很头痛的。And especially seeing those that I taught in Sunday school, how naughty they were. Uh, that they have even a a heart of seeking God. I really feel very encouraged. I was so encouraged. I believe that God brought them out. It's not an accident. 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 It's not an accident.
so we know that uh, in our YWC meeting here, many young people were attracted to the Lord. And then in August, we have our young people's gathering in Toronto. I believe that yet it's another opportunity for the young people to be gathered. I believe God will continue to do His work on them. So thank the Lord for His wonderful work. So I want to save time, so I'm going to share now. So it's my first time and my wife's first time attending such a trip. And so compared to usually when I go on vacation, this one is where I had the most takeaways. Because when we came back, we recognized that the Bible was living. So let me give you two examples, one for the Old Testament, one for the New Testament. So in Matthew chapter 8, verse 28, when he came to the other side, and so normally when we read the Bible, we don't really understand what it means to be the other side. So it means the other side of the Sea of Galilee. And in chapter 9, verse 1, Getting into a boat, Jesus crossed over the sea and came to his own city. So he had gone to the other side, now he comes back to his side. So what did he do on the other side? So he met the demon-possessed man, where the 2,000 swine uh, ran into the sea. And so the people all asked him to leave the place, and he then came back to his own region. And so when Jesus came back, he was continuing to walk. So he went past that area known as the Valley of Doves. And as in chapter 9, verse 9, when Jesus is calling Matthew, as Jesus went on from there, he saw a man called Matthew sitting in the tax collector's booth, and he said to him, Follow me. And he got up and followed him. And so that path that goes through the Valley of Doves from the Sea of Galilee is part of the Via Maris. And that is a trade a very important trade route. 
在列王记下 then it happened that night that the angel of the Lord went out and struck 185,000 in the camp of the Syrians. And when men rose early in the morning, behold, all of them were dead. So I've read this verse many times. And so in the past when I read it, it sounded almost like a fairy tale, just like a story. It seems almost impossible for you to believe that such a thing happened. And so what we realize though is that actually a few months before this incident here that this army had actually fought a very fierce battle. If we go to go back to chapter 18 verse 13. Now in the 14th year of King Hezekiah, Sennacherib, king of Assyria, came up against all the fortified cities of Judah and seized them. Then Hezekiah, king of Judah, sent to the king of Assyria at Lachish, saying, I have done wrong. Withdraw from me. Whatever you impose on me, I will bear. And so verse 14 mentions the city Lachish. It used to be the second largest city in Israel. A very fortified city. And so that same army had already conquered Lachish. And so they and so in order to conquer this city, they actually took all the stones from our surrounding countryside and they piled it around the walls. And so if you go there, you can see this slope, which is where they had put all the, huh? the seed ramps. So like a seed ramp. So they built these seed ramps and you can see the slope today. And so they would try to attack from the bottom up and from the top they would try to defend. So during that time, in order to fortify the city, they even destroyed some houses and tried to build the wall even higher. And so there were about 30,000 to 40,000 residents. 
But because of warfare, so many surrounding residents moved into the city. So perhaps there were about 100,000 residents in the city. So I asked the archaeologist Dr. Jim Fleming, who was traveling with us. And so during that time, the battle was very fierce. And so the archaeologists discovered that there were probably several feet deep you could find the blood. And so they could estimate how much human blood was shed during that time. And so the Assyrians successfully conquered the city. And in about one or two months, they then reached Jerusalem. And so and as we know, the Bible records how the Assyrians spoke very uh, unkind words and they spoke uh, about how you cannot trust in yourselves or in Egypt. And Isaiah told the people of Jerusalem to repent in sackcloth and ashes. And we know that the next day, the next night, that 185,000 were killed. And so that time, this army, they had conquered so many fortified cities. But they were like dust before God, and one night they were gone. So this is a very true story. It's not a fairy tale. And so in order as a fortification, Hezekiah built that water tunnel to bring water into the city. So it was a fierce battle because the Assyrians were very strong and it was very hard to defeat them. And so this time through this trip, I could feel that the Bible is living. And we know that not a single word in the Bible will fall empty-handed. These are all facts in history. Even after, say, 3,000 or so years. So truly, we are so blessed that this Savior will come to save us. And so we should have even more faith to follow Him. Thank and praise the Lord. Good morning, brothers and sisters. My name is Corey. Yeah, thank the Lord for giving me an opportunity to join the study tour as well. Yeah, like many brothers and sisters said, it was really a rich trip. And I just want to share um, one point, which is the Lord taking the children of Israel out of Egypt and bringing them to the Promised Land. So in the Bible, when there was a famine in Canaan, Joseph and his family moved down to Egypt. And because they were shepherds, Pharaoh gave them the land of Goshen, which was the best of the land. Uh, 
And so this time as we were driving through the land of Goshen, indeed the land was very green and very fertile. And the children of Israel lived in this very fertile land for 400 years. And so they probably became very successful, very prosperous, and they probably became even very comfortable. In fact, they were so successful and so powerful that some people believe the Israelites may have even reigned in Egypt for a period of time as shepherd kings. And what touched me is that in the Lord's love, He did not allow the Israelites to continue to live that comfortable life in Egypt. Because He had a greater purpose and He had a better land in mind for them, which is the land of Canaan. Yeah, because if God had just left them there, the Israelites may have would have forgotten God and they might even follow the cultures of the Egyptians. And even though Goshen was very fertile, I think this time when we were in Egypt, um, like you saw in the video, it feel like everything was tied to all about being all about man or somewhat tied to death. 所以雖然你就像我們剛剛看到歌山地是非常的肥沃,可是總是你會感覺這個地是跟這個死亡跟這個墳墓有關。There was a lot of idols and you saw a lot of statues, some of them were fallen and sphinx and obelisk,所以你看到了許多的偶像,像我們剛剛看到有那個方尖椎,還有這個獅獅身人面像。and everything was about like man-made structures. Even like our brother Isaac opened this morning, they tried to make pyramids, trying to reach the afterlife, but at the end they were all just tombs and dead. But in God's grand plan, He moved His fingers, He hardened Pharaoh's heart, and then through the ten plagues, he brought the children of Israel out of Egypt and through the wilderness. Yeah, and after this trip, I, or I, I understand a little bit more of what the Bible means by the great and terrible wilderness. It's, it's definitely very terrible. <laughs> I mean, like Kevin said, there was absolutely almost nothing except rock and sand and salt, and then the temperature can be above 110 degrees. Yeah, but just as the Lord led us safely through this time, the Lord also provided manna and water for the Israelites every day. And then when we entered Israel, it really felt very different. 
like, like Kevin said, we are finally allowed to eat fruits for the first time. But I also remember when we were at Caesar, uh, Caesarea Philippi at the source of the Jordan River, there was this very big waterfall. And there was this waterfall that was gushing with water, like full of life. And a brother wanted to remind us that it, it's like it's symbol, it, it can be like the Holy Spirit, the uh, rivers of flowing water. And this flowing water from that waterfall would flow to the Sea of Galilee and supply the life for all the plants, the animals, the wildlife there. And so I think through this picture and through this trip, I'm going from Egypt to Israel, the Lord just reminded me that sometimes like we may be very comfortable in this world, even prosperous, and the world may try to offer what it seems is the best. And but the Lord has a higher purpose for us and He calls us out of this world to bring us to a better land, a better inheritance. So I wanted to share on one of the sites that um, we visited in Israel. It was actually a recreation of the tabernacle. And that was in Timna, or like in the south of Israel. In the so we know the tabernacle is like a portable temple. For Israel and um we see all the um all the specific instructions that God had for the tabernacle. So And then we can see the specific purpose of every every material that was used. The gold, silver, copper and acacia wood. So one thing about the acacia wood that was interesting is that the ark was built with acacia wood and and one of the reasons was that that was the only kind of wood available in the desert. So like while we're driving in the buses we can see like just a single acacia tree out by itself and because they don't grow together. Uh so 
they grow pretty separately. So you just see how much effort in collecting all the acacia wood just to make the Ark of the Covenant. But this uh, this recreation was very memorable. Like when you walk in, so they have it life size, right? So you come to the entrance, just as like where the sacrifice is brought to the tabernacle. And then the priest will take the um the animal and they will sacrifice it right right when you enter there's the altar the bronze altar where the sacrifice uh the animal is sacrificed. There's also the bronze laver where they wash their hands. And feet. And then in the middle of the um is the tent of meeting, the uh holy place and the most holy place. And then as you enter that, well, before you enter, um there's these uh four uh there's five pillars that are on the outside of the tent of meeting. And then when you go into the most holy place, there's four pillars. This is an interesting thing that someone brought up, but they thought that it could, it reminds them of like the five books of Moses. Or the law that allows them to enter in, and then they um, reach the four gospels. So the basis of these pillars, the five pillars is of copper. And the basis of the four pillars is of uh, silver. So copper uh, typically represents judgments. And silver represents redemption. And this was a very um good picture. Yeah. And then so as you enter in the tent of meeting, um you see the, the three items there, which is the uh you just passed by, there's the um the golden lampstand, the table of showbread. And the altar of incense. Uh, so we we know that like sacrifices had to be made every day and all these items had to be attended to. The fire was always uh, the Incense was always burning, and the golden lampstand was always uh, had to be lit, and the showbread was um, replaced weekly with fresh bread. So we know that every day we need to have the importance for us, like with the incense, we uh, it reminds us, uh, represents prayer for us to God. 
And the golden lampstands that was always lit can remind us of Jesus as the light of the world. And the showbread as, um, shows us Jesus as the bread of life. And then afterwards, you end, um, there's actually also a priest standing there. They have a statue of a priest. But um, you can see his uh, priestly garments. And then, of course, and then we were able to, you know, move past the curtain and go into the Holy of Holies or the most holy place. You know, typically we would be struck dead, but thankfully we had this. And then in the holiest, most holy. The most holy place, you see the Ark of the Covenant, um, and it had it open so you could see the three items inside. And the three items were the, um, the staff of Aaron, budded staff of Aaron, and you can see the tablets of the Ten Commandments. And the bowl of manna. And these also um, are three pictures that we can remember. We can see the the Ten Commandments, the law that God gave us. We can see God as the Holy One and um, the sin that we have. And then um, from the staff of Aaron, we can see Jesus as our high priest and our mediator. And with the bowl of manna, we can see God's provision in our life, God as our provider. And so, another like point I remember, it was just that everything outside um of the tent is like copper or like but none of the copper was inside. Because once you enter it's all gold, it's all pure and holy. And and we can see God's holiness and what he allowed us to enter in. And then also later on, we visited the Temple Mount. And this is typically thought of as where Abraham sacrificed Isaac on Mount Moriah. And later where um, the Solomon built his temple. It's very interesting. If you So right now there's the Golden Dome and... And then it's like believed that like okay that would be the most holy place. And then right outside is the uh oh sorry, the whole yeah, the holy place. And you see this a more permanent structure of the temple. 
but in both cases um, we see that God's purpose for the tabernacle and the temple was that he wanted to dwell with us and um, but another picture I saw on the Temple Mount is that straight from from there looking across um, you see the Mount of Olives and we visited it earlier but you can see all the graves and the tombs on the Mount of Olives and so it's a very striking image just being able to imagine what will happen when Jesus returns again so from Zechariah 14, chapter 14, verse 4, we see on the day that Jesus returns, his feet will with half of the mountain moving north and half moving south. And then in Revelation it says that there will also be the res- resurrection of all the believers in God when he returns. Uh, and these resurrected um, believers will also join all the believers who are still alive uh, and this picture you know just came into my mind so you see Jesus set foot on the Mount of Olives and it breaks in two and you see this half of the mountain shift this way half of this mountain will go that the other and all the tombs that you see on the Mount of Olives, the, the, those peop, uh, the, um, the believers, they will all resurrect. But that was um, a picture that I guess we will all be looking forward to when he returns on that spectacular day. Thank you. Well, sadly, our time is up. Uh, but it's so wonderful to hear uh, of these different testimonies of how the Lord has touched those who went on the trip. Let's uh, close with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, we want to thank you for what was shared today. 
Thank you, Lord, for taking this group of brothers and sisters, all these 152, to Egypt and to Israel. Lord, to be able to see uh, the Bible come alive even before their eyes. To be able to be reminded of the many things in Scripture. To be reminded of how you have brought us into the Promised Land. To be reminded of that your gift of the upper spring and the lower spring. Lord, the fact that you desire to dwell among your people. And just Lord to be reminded of how great a God you are. Lord, we thank you for all that you have revealed. We pray for all those who went on that trip that you would continue to speak to them. Lord, give them a desire even as our sisters share to see how uh, alive the scripture can be so Lord we do pray that we, it would also be an encouragement for us who were, who were not able to go that we would also Lord continue to seek your word to love your word to read your word to memorize your word because we serve a true and living God we thank you for this time and we give you all the worship and praise may all glory be unto you in Jesus name Dismissed. <laughs>